0: Hello, my name is Caroline, and I'm Megan, and this is the Songwriter Diaries! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Up today, we have Britt Market. Hi, Britt! How are you ladies doing today? Oh, we're great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the path you've taken as a musician and songwriter? Goodness gracious.
2: I started in music when I was about three years old um, as part of the church choir and church musicals. And it's always just been a very large part of my life. So it never was something that I really fell into. It was just kind of always there. And I started writing songs more or less when I was 11, unless you count my five-year-old bedtime song about fishes. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a fun one. But... It just always felt very natural to me up until more recently, actually. So um, it's been kind of a constant companion when everybody else in high school is just like, I need to do X, Y, Z to feel better about myself. I'm like, I'm just going to sit down and write a song about the people that I hate. It'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you said you first started Megan's moving because the chair is very squeaky. So if you heard that, sorry. (laughs) So you said you first started writing music when you were about 11. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what that song was about? Um,
2: It was actually spurred on by my middle school choir. And we were being taught to use Finale, which is uh, a music composition program. Mm -hmm. Um, And as part of that, there were a couple local songwriters that came in and they were going to judge each grade um, for a songwriting competition of sorts. We'd all perform one of the songs for the choir concert that spring. And I just, I pulled out my little like happy face spiral notebook and just started writing. Um, it was a song that I called I Am Me. And it was l- me just trying to say, you know what? I am who I am and I'm a shining star and it's all fine. And it was horrible. <laughs> like I don't, I've written more songs but that one was, was not a not a shining moment for me. It did not win <laughs> the competition and I am fine with that. <laughs> Um, there's uh, a gentleman that I knew who did win and his song was about like puking leads to barfing leads to, it, it was just this ridiculous song. And, and oh this... yeah,
0: I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Wow. Um, I've actually run into him a couple times since and he's always just like, yeah, I ran, I won the songwriting contest and I'm like, yes, but I kept writing
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. like good for you. I, I, he's actually a great guy. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I came back the next day, I sang it in front of my choir and my choir teacher went, was that, did you actually write that or did you find it somewhere? I'm, and looking back now, I'm like, there's no way you could possibly think that an 11 year old didn't write that song.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but after that, I just kind of never stopped. We did a, a trip to Maui that summer in June and all of my songs were about like the fish and the and the uh, palm trees, and coconuts, and riding in the car. I actually have a song called Cruising Through Maui that I sang for about two years after that, anytime anybody would request it, and it's... Oh, goodness. (laughs) 11-year-old me did not know what she was
0: doing, but then again, I don't either, and I'm 24 now, so... (laughs) i don't think anyone really knows what they're doing honestly yeah. Yeah. there are songs that i wrote a week ago that a week ago i thought oh my gosh this is the best song i've ever written and i listen to it now and i'm like wow good <laughs> thing i did not play that out in public <laughs>
1: um so why do you think you got into writing songs and why do you currently write songs
2: I had what could be deemed as a somewhat rough childhood, a lot of transition moments, um, a lot of moving, well, some moving around, it was, there was one large move and a lot of other smaller moves from house to house or whatever, Um, and it was sort of songwriting and books for me that kept me going because I didn't necessarily have a whole lot of friends, and uh, so characters and books became my friends. And songwriting was the other sort of outlet of just like, well, you know what? Let's just, I, I'm not good at prose, poetry, eh. Mm -hmm. but songs just, just kind of came naturally after that point. It made a lot of sense. And there was also a part of me that really wanted to be Hannah Montana. And I figured if I kept writing songs, (laughs) I could be, be the next Hannah Montana. I actually, the first foray I did into sort of copyright and, um, performing rights organizations was when i was 12 and i'd been listening to disney channel um disney radio rather whatever it was at that point and so i wrote in to disney radio to ask about the process for how i might submit a song to them and then they gave me this information about well you have to be affiliated with a pro and extra so i went in and looked into like bmi and ascap when i was 12 years old
3: <laughs>
2: didn't affiliate until much later but um i'm sorry i forget what the question was <laughs>
1: Why do you write songs? Uh,
2: yes, that it, because 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 because.
3: Yep. Yeah. And 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 lately
2: it's been tricky because a lot of my music comes from a place of being frustrated about something, and recently it's kind of I'm either very happy or I turn everything off, and so the songs don't come as easily anymore. Wow, are we the same person?
0: Probably. <laughs>
1: definitely
0: so do you have a go-to writing process or any prompts that you use ever or do you just kind of write when you feel like writing
2: not particularly and it's something that I really need to start formulating because writing when I feel like writing has not been working out lately um it's been like every three months I'm like I'm gonna write a verse (laughs) Okay, that's all I need. That's all. That's all I can write right now. So we're just going to move on. Um, there's a lovely book by Pat Pattison, who's a songwriting professor at Berkeley, um, called Ooh, Songwriting yes. Without Boundaries. And I've been slowly working my way through that. And the fun thing about these prompts is it's literally just one word or one object or a name or something, and you can start with that as your inspiration. But you don't have to keep writing about it. You just you just go. You just write, and it. So far, hasn't really turned into a song, but it's not necessarily supposed to either. It's just supposed to be just to get you writing. Mm, And that's been a kind of fun one for me. Um, Outside of that, I'm also trying to do more with um, chords, where I just start fiddling around on my guitar and write something that way. Mm,
1: mm -hmm. And the
2: words haven't been coming, but the chords progressions are there for whenever I feel
1: like using them. Oh, that's always nice, you know, like, mm-hmm. build a little, like, collection. So mm-hmm, that way when yeah. you have, like, you know, lyrical inspiration, you mm-hmm. can just be like, oh, I already have a progression for that.
2: Yeah, there are certain progressions that I've had for four years and I still haven't used. <laughs>
1: it's I like, wish.
2: uh, I don't, uh, nothing fits this. Okay, moving on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a theme that we found with a lot of the songwriters we've talked to is that they're struggling between wanting an inspiration to hit them for when they start writing, but also realizing that that inspiration might not come for months or years Mm -hmm. and forcing themselves to write. So I feel like that's a great piece of advice is just if you want to songwrite or if you want to write in general, just writing is the first step and keeping a consistent writing schedule. At
2: any point in time, just Mm -hmm. write something down. Mm -hmm. I've... I've been known to write lyric fragments on napkins when I've been working before I've been known to write on like pastry bags and just any little scrap of paper. My songwriting journal is very specific to songwriting, but it also has all these little pieces of paper slotted into (laughs) certain pages where like, okay, I started the song here. And then the rest of the page is drawn out elsewhere. Mm.
1: Mm. That's cool. That's cool. Um, Can you tell us how you got affiliated with Women Crush Music and, you know, just tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So I joined a Facebook group called Music Biz Besties, and I honestly couldn't tell you why or how I found them. Um, But there was a call one day in my notifications for songwriters to share their um, struggles with mental health or other such things. And so I wrote into who is the marketing director of Women Crush Music um, to just sort of share my story with her for inclusion in this podcast that they were working on. Um, I don't remember what the podcast was, but they were being featured on it for some reason. And about a month later, when they actually aired the episode, my inclusion was there. But beyond that, I didn't know what the heck Women Crush Music was at the time. And they started mentioning it mentioning it as they were um, running through this podcast about how to Overcome things through songwriting, through music, mm. um, and so I started looking into the organization a little bit more, realizing that it was really kind of what I'd been looking to do for a very long time. Um, I had a, an interesting situation with a with a record label that didn't end out end so well. So, supporting other women in music had become much more important to me, and I figured, well, hey, let's use Women Crush as this platform especially in denver where there are a couple other things running but nothing quite like this Mm -hmm. and wouldn't it be great to have support from national international chapters while i'm working to create a community in denver yeah Um, so i got in touch with them also asked around my own community and my own network like whether there was any interest at all in something like this and Mm -hmm. This past May, I officially became a chapter leader, and then it took until about October to get things up and running. But so far, we've been we've done three showcases in Denver, Boulder. It's a joint chapter, um, and I'm looking to hopefully do some more networking panel type events in the future. So, <laughs> yeah. it's taking its time to come together for sure. But
0: yeah, that's amazing because I know that Megan performed at one of the showcases, and she was wonderful. Yes. And that's so cool. I just, women supporting women its just what we're all about yes. here. So yes.
3: I'm awesome. all for
0: it. I'm all for it. Yes. So you said that you, um, had a record label situation. Can you tell us at all about that? Or is it kind of it's secretive? A little, and- it's not
2: secretive at all. It's, <laughs> a, it's still a little bit too close, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the timing. Um, I was, 19 years old when I signed a a record contract with a small indie label out of the UK. And suffice to say, it just didn't turn out to be at all what I expected out of it. Um, I'd been promised support and kind of this ability to grow the way that I wanted to grow. And it ended up being much more like a major label situation um, in terms of this perfect crafting and sculpting. And I didn't find myself feeling very supported by this label. In many ways, it was... um, It was the, my first real run-in in the music industry with understanding how women were treated. Mm. And so I did everything I could to to get things moving forward, to be able to release music, but it just didn't pan out in the way that I had hoped. And so at the end of sort of the first term, um, rather than agreeing to an extension of that term, I um, parted ways with them.
0: Good for you. Stick up for what you want and what you believe in. I think that's a huge thing that's going on. And I have a lot of friends in this situation as well where they're signing to labels because they think that labels, the end all be all goal and signing to a label is going to get them success. And that's like what they need to do because that's the next step on this journey. And the reality is it's not. And stick up for what you want and what you believe in. When you've wanted
2: to be Hannah Montana and Taylor Swift, you see that progression in the public eye of like, oh, well, they have a label. And so you think that you don't have to be at some certain point in your songwriting career um, to get that label to, and I, I had really never played live. I was writing songs and posting a couple of things on YouTube here and there, mm-hmm. but I wasn't at the point where if I had known anything more about the music business, I would have signed mm-hmm. because I hadn't built up enough of something for somebody to really have that interest in me unless there was going to be sort of that manipulation.
1: Right, right. Who are some songwriters and musicians that you look up to currently? Oh, currently. Um, one that I've
2: always really loved that is very, very underrated is Jill Andrews. And oh. uh, she used to be a part of a band called the Everybody Fields. I'd never heard of the band. I still haven't actually listened to much of their material. But uh, when I was a junior in high school, John Oates was trying to get an Aspen Songwriters Festival going. Mm. And as part of that any of the students who were in music programs in the high school were given free tickets to things and I sort of ranked like which tickets I wanted to see and it was um, there was a songwriting workshop there was you know really great songwriters from XYZ places and then there was up and coming songwriters and up and coming was my my third choice if I couldn't get all the tickets And that was stupid of me. (laughs) Um, Jill Andrews was on that showcase and uh, she sang a song called The Mirror, which hadn't come out yet. And I spent the next year and a half waiting for the recording and the album to be dropped (laughs) because she was wonderful. And there's just this amazing blend of Imagery in her music and and this fun blend of genres that I think is really cool and really worth looking into for any Mm. Any aspiring songwriter Um, She has written For countless others just as the nashville scene tends to go Um, a lot of her things have been featured in the soundtrack to the tv series nashville Um, tell that devil that Juliet sings is her song Oh okay. Wow. (laughs) As well as a whole bunch of others, um but I just, I got to see her at the Gothic opening up for Drew Holcomb two years ago now, and I've been wanting her to come back to Denver ever since, which hasn't happened yet, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Joy Williams is another one that I'm really excited about. She's half of the Civil Wars, or was oh, half of the yes. Civil Wars. She's going to be in Boulder and Denver next month, which mm-hmm. I already have tickets for, and it's going to be wonderful. Ooh. Um her story is really interesting because she definitely started early in the Christian music segment. She was, I think, 16 when she was offered her first record label deal and turned it down because she decided her. that she needed more time and had other priorities at the time. And for somebody to do that is huge, knowing that you may never get another chance. But she did, um, and she did, She recorded Christian music for a while, um, and then later on found herself in nashville and found herself um, working with john paul white um, and the civil wars is just a beautiful beautiful group her voice is to die for and i think the thing that really draws me to her songs is is true of a lot of songwriters is the stories and taylor swift was kind of the first songwriter i ever really listened to that was very story focused and story driven and it was this feeling of you could write a novel out of this three-minute song if you really wanted to but there was that arc of that story there was the climax there was this really lovely resolution and it was relatable without being something that was um necessarily a relatable topic for a girl in high school who'd never had a date in her life (laughs) Um, (laughs) wow relatable
0: I know I feel like I was just called out (laughs) Wow, we've been read. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but she, Taylor Swift, was sort of my first songwriting inspiration. Well, if you don't count Hannah Montana, which it eh, wasn't really songwriting that I was excited about Hannah Montana for. It was, <laughs> it was I want to get on stage and and do that. Um, don't really want to do that anymore. I'm okay with with just kind of having my own little space in a certain scene versus this overarching popularity. Just no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, Taylor Swift was also sort of my gateway to country music and folk music because I put her name into a Pandora station and I got Lady Antebellum out of it and I got more people out of the Lady Antebellum station and it just kind of kept going further and further because I hadn't really wanted to listen to country music before that. Um, And lately that and folk is kind of all I listen to. Uh,
3: Folk. (laughs) (laughs) Lori
2: McKenna. I don't know her. Is another one of my very favorites she she is she is wonderful um there's an album she put out two years ago called the bird and the rifle every song on it is magic and then this past summer she put out an album called the tree and again every song on it is magic she's another one of the ladies who you don't realize you know how many you know a lot of her songs because so many other people sing them Mm -hmm. humble and kind by tim mcgraw that's Lori mckenna oh um that's a lot of ladies I've, I've been listening to a lot of lady songwriters because it's just, I've been trying yeah. to find myself in the music scene in the same way that you try and find yourself in a book mm. in a character in a book.
0: Yeah. Have you like felt those songwriters influences in your own music and your own performing and the way you carry yourself as a musician? I don't know
2: that f- I've really truly felt them, but I've certainly tried to emulate them. Mm-hmm. Um, Laurie mckenna was one of the most interesting shows for me to have seen when she was in um, aspen at the wheeler two years ago again Um, because she got up on stage and she really told the stories behind the songs in a way that i haven't heard somebody being capable of doing before it wasn't vague it wasn't like oh i wrote this when it was i was going through some stuff it was yeah no this happened in my life and XYZ and also you know this one I wrote while I was doing laundry in my sweatpants and I decided that that's apparently the best time to possibly write a song because of how beautiful that song was Um, and it was a lot about her family and how all of these different people influence her without necessarily being in music themselves I thought that was wonderful
0: that's awesome okay the next question is kind of a big one and I know at least Megan and I are always terrified whenever we're asked this question but where do you see yourself in five years?
2: I have actually very much transitioned out of music in the past year and a half, almost two years since I split with my label. Mm. Um, I told myself that it was going to be a brief hiatus to really just try and figure out what music meant to me again. And in that time, I sort of took a step back from songwriting. I have really, I kind of shut that door for myself because it hurt too much in some ways. Mm. Um but in that time, Women Crush came into play and it, was, it became about supporting other women in the scene and, and really finding community and being a mentor. At one point, I thought I wanted a law degree so that I could, you know, protect the small artists. And while I would love the law degree for the knowledge and really being able to help in that way, I don't know that I'd ever want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. so it's about being that mentor that that community guide of sorts um as far as music goes for me and to still play around town because the best way to make those connections is those open mics i used to there was a year where i went to the syntax open mic every single tuesday Mm -hmm. and it was one of my favorite things in the world and i need to get back to that
1: oh yeah anthony um yeah (laughs) he runs that yeah Uh, That's so good. Mm -hmm. And he's
2: a wonderful songwriter as well. So just being around that creative flow. um, I don't know that I see myself leaving Colorado anytime soon. So I'll be around for the Women Crush Denver chapter for a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am still, I was still trying to work in music and in the music industry for a while, but partly due to being in Denver and not really wanting to be, working in the live music industry, mm, mm-hmm. uh, that became tricky. Uh, so I have recently transitioned into a social media role for a children's bookstore.
1: Yes,
2: And yes, I realized so that, precious. you know, I might just stick in books for the rest of my life. I'm like, maybe I could do a master's in library sciences or,
0: <laughs> um, I have a friend who is getting his master's in library sciences. No joke. So if you want that connection, I can hook you up. His name's Steven. He's great. Shout out Steven. It's awesome. That would be that wouldn't know wonderful. that was a thing. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I could easily spend all day in a library or a bookstore. And there have been times where I go in for meetings because I the really great thing about this job right now is I work from home for the most part. I go in for meetings. I go in for events, but otherwise it's just me and my dog sitting at my desk in the sunshine dog's
1: instagram (laughs)
2: your dog has an instagram account (laughs) and she's perfect (laughs) um it's colorado blue tick and um it was something that we when we adopted her um she had been networked a lot through this facebook group called hypnotic healers and all of these people still wanted to have updates about tick and I decided that I didn't want to deal with Facebook, so I made an Instagram for her, and she now has, like, 2,500 followers or something insane like that. Um, 2,500 and one now, so. <laughs> and, and that's not even insane in dog Instagram. Like, my account is consider her account is considered small which is hilarious to me, but it's just so much fun because I get to show share pictures with my dog and it makes people's days. And I get these messages from people across the globe who just really, really love her. And to see the impact that just her smile can have on people who either can't have a fluffy friend of their own or do and just want more fluffy friends is incredible. I had a a gentleman message me from one of the army bases or yeah i think army bases in colorado the other day to say that he was deploying and needed um, a place to could i help him network to try and find a place for his dog to be for those for that those couple of months or whatever and that to me is what a community should be so i have this community created around my dog and i want to get to a point where we can create that in denver for women for men for everybody songwriter not just to really share
0: things with each other and lift each other up That's amazing oh,
1: I love that also just I gotta say shout out to Wigglebutt Wednesdays <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I forgot this week I'm oh, I've been no. so busy that I forgot um, Wiggle Butt Wednesdays is a thing I do with her where I find songs about butts <laughs> and it's literally just like 15 seconds of her butt wiggling back and forth as she walks with a song about butts it's so awesome. um i try and do it every wednesday it doesn't always happen yeah oh that's amazing i literally googled songs about butts one day
1: Mm, i love that mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> there's there's a really great one by i think it's iggy pop called butt town it's well worth a listen
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> oh god love that well speaking of community and mental health things do you have any mental health advice for the songwriters out there or the non-songwriters and for me and Megan because
0: we definitely (laughs) need it yeah
1: (laughs) I don't think it would be proper
2: of me to give mental health advice when I can't figure my own out but um (laughs) one thing that I've found lately that's really helped me is routine and sort of the, at the beginning of this year, not to do with a New Year's resolution, but just because that's when these videos happen to be online, um, I started doing yoga again. And it's a lovely, lovely channel, Yoga with Adrian. If you haven't checked her out on YouTube, it's free. It's wonderful. She's amazing. They're like anywhere from 10 to half an hour, sometimes some longer sessions. But it's really, really easy to work in into a day. And so I've been doing yoga every single day with those videos, um, since January 2nd of this year. Um, and that is just, it teaches you how to breathe again. Cause as a, as a vocalist, breathing is something that you're certainly taught to do. And you think a lot about when you're on stage. I know that I spend an obsessive amount of time thinking about breathing and pitch and like where to breathe to get to a pitch and, Classical training, y'all, is great, except for the part where you forget about emotion for a little while, and that's maybe not as good. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's like it needs to be perfectly, technically perfect. But um, emotion, what? No, I, I don't. That's we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, it it is truly a, a a savior when you're doing longer sets i've done a couple 3 hour cafe gigs and it's just like okay classical think classical think classical it'll be fine <laughs> um but with yoga it is really that focus on bringing it back to yourself and the thing that i really love about yoga with adrian is that as a very much non spiritual person it's hard for me to get past the the sort of yogi aspect of things. And she's just like, you're just here to like lay down and hang out and be good to yourself instead of it being about like, and the chakras and the mudras and the, I don't know how I know these words. Um. (laughs) So pervasive in Western culture at this point because of how much we've stolen from, which I have mixed feelings about. I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. Anyway. Um. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. We'll bring you back on to talk about that. <laughs> um, that one, just routine. I carry lavender oil in my bag oh, at all too. times. I love it. It just it brings that calm back when you're really, really worried about something or just can't get past an anxious moment. Yeah. Um. Taking the time for yourself is the biggest and best thing you can do. If you need to schedule the 15 minutes or the 30 minutes in your day to take that time alone, whether it be to songwrite, whether it be to do yoga, whether it be to just sit in your bed and look at the wall, do it.
0: I love that. I think that was (laughs) so perfectly put. Yes. We're all about putting yourself first and your mental health first on this podcast. We really are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and putting your songwriting first, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just, and beyond all of that, just
2: listening to what you think you need. Oh. Preach it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that, I think that's my like motto for Mm -hmm. 2019 is just like listening to what I need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's that time.
0: It's what time? (laughs) It's, um, it's Wigglebutt Wednesday time? It's Wigglebutt Wednesday time. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone (laughs) post them listening to this podcast for Wiggle Butt Wednesday. That's a great idea.
1: Please do it. <laughs>
0: Even if it's you twerking and not a dog, it'll be
2: fine.
1: <laughs>
0: That's totally fine too. Shout out to Greg Reslow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you have a song you can show us and can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, the one that I figured I'd share with y'all is uh, a t- song called Black and Blue. And, um, it's not about bruising, I promise. (laughs) It's the first and I think only protest song I've ever written. Um, and it started off as being something where I was just angry at my label at the time. I'm like, I don't understand them. They're not listening to me. Um, like they're, they're shouting these answers to questions. I don't even think they know the answers to kind of things. And it was, when I started writing it, it was at a very, critical time in sort of the Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter movements. Um, Just a lot of tension there. And so even though it started off as something about myself, it became something bigger. And I finished it in like half an hour probably. I went to an open mic that evening and I was just like, hey, I hope you guys don't mind that I play something that I literally just wrote and it might suck. (laughs) But it's something that I've since worked into each and every one of my sets because I think the message is so important about really taking the time to think instead of just acting and really taking the time to understand that your life and other people's lives aren't going to be the same thing. It's about accepting each other. And even if you can't do that, you don't have to tell somebody else what to think or how to act. So long as there somebody else isn't hurting anybody, let them be. Let them do what they want and support each other as much as you can and just be there when you need to be there kind of thing.
0: Yes.
3: Serves that you're screaming, sounding more like questions to me. Share your little stories, play your games, twist and turn your words.
0: absolutely outstanding ah oh, loved it <laughs> <laughs> yay thank you again for coming on the podcast it was such a pleasure to have you
2: thank you ladies for having me
1: yeah it's so fun and love i don't know this was an interesting podcast because it was more just like talking about like i don't know It was just really nice
2: <laughs> i i can't script conversation so oh I'm, yeah well yeah. obviously
0: we can't either so <laughs> Yeah, we go on 50 tangents an episode, so. Good,
2: because that's the only way that I can figure out how to say. (laughs) What to say next? (laughs) I promise that wasn't scripted.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I'm Caroline. I'm Megan. And here's to season two of The Songwriter Diaries. Mm -hmm. Woo!
1: Check out our website at thesongwriterdiaries.com.
0: And all of the socials for Britt will be posted in the description of this along with her dog's instagram and women crush music
2: my yeah. dog's instagram is definitely the most important part <laughs> forget about what you've heard today and all the music just go check out the wiggle butt
1: <laughs> all right signing off B-bye. B-bye. bye bye